0: There's a lot of different factors. Bad cooking, thing- maybe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be the correct answer in my household. That was,
0: that was one of it. I just didn't want to start with that, but thank you. <laughs> um, so w- the most common is, of course, if your child might If if a child has an underlying issue, like, for example, the child might be on the autism spectrum, picky Mm -hmm. eating is a very common side effect. Uh, Of course, children who have sensory issues as well, so sensory processing difficulties or sensory processing disorder, um, will have a lot of food aversions. Um, A child could be a picky eater because of food phobias. So, for example, if they had food poisoning or got very ill after eating a certain dish, they might be very afraid of eating a certain meal similar to that again. Mm -hmm. Um, So that could be contributing to it. Um, parental influence is also there. So if your parents are picky eaters and they don't introduce you to a variety Mm. of foods and have very limited, is that ringing a bell? Um, So, you know, that will also influence how picky you become, right? Um, And some of it just boils down to behavior, right? So if kids are... Um, tend to find That they can get away With for example um, Having that lolly They really want Instead of the Very healthy meal On their plate um, Then they'll probably Not want to do Not want to eat That healthy meal Right So there could be A lot of behavioral Influences as well So we usually Kind of go through The list one by one um, There's also some cases Where it is a structural issue So there might be Some issues With regards to How the child's Sort of like The jaw or the, pain, or the, the jaw The tongue Oh top. I see Right right Exactly So this sort of region i know this is not helping on radio but sort of the mouth region um, can absolutely if there are issues and difficulties there will impact your child's ability to eat um, normally if you will Um, and so they might be averse to to foods of certain textures because it's difficult for them to swallow or chew or anything like that Hmm. Um, so there could be like a motor um element as well that we have to look into
1: i wanted to ask and i don't know whether this is you know just two cases that just are very sort of similar, but I know two children, two different mm-hmm. countries, never met each other, who when they were younger, toddlers, you know, being introduced to foods had a real aversion to specific types of food. So one mm. was, it just hated milk, refused milk, and the mum was always trying to give milk and it was mm. smashing the milk away, just like mm. having a meltdown and was being forced, uh, you know, to drink milk. And the other one was a kid here in Malaysia, but a European couple, Bread, anything bread didn't want, which, of course, the mom thought the kid European was European
0: didn't want bread. Didn't want wow. bread. Yeah. yeah,
1: I'm kind of, like, keeping my shock in right yeah, now, like, so a European kid, yeah. Right, and so it was a European kid, obviously, with the milk as well. And what transpired was later on when the child was around seven or eight years old, they had, um, one was an allergy and one actually had a celiac. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I see, see. But they didn't know that, and there was no mm-hmm. obvious, like, you know, with an allergy, it's immediate. Yeah, sorry sorry, I should say intolerance was the milk one um, because it's not immediate; it, it's some yeah. time, and yet these one-year-old, one and a half-year, two-year-olds seem mm-hmm. to know it. So the kids are like, "I don't think that because I feel horrible after that." Maybe yeah, positive. and they can't tell you that. Yeah, right. is there something yeah. to be said in terms of if your child is averse right. to certain thing?
0: Absolutely. So we, when a child is averse to a certain food, we always have to ask why, right? So it could be, like you said, it could be medical. So it could be causing maybe an upset tummy or something like that. And because if they're, for example, very young and they're crying most of the time anyway, you might not be able to put the dots together and go, oh, it's because of the milk or the bread or whatever that they ate. Mm-hmm. So it could be that it doesn't make them feel very good and they don't have the language to tell you that at that stage in time. So that's something that could explain why they don't want to eat something, right? The second thing, again, could go back to the sensory thing. So if your child has uh, is on the autism spectrum or has SPD or anything related to that, you might find that certain colors, certain temperatures, certain textures, certain shapes um, are things. I've got some kids who don't like it when food touch on the plate. Right. Mm. So they might have aversions from that perspective, which make you know, consuming these foods really, really challenging. Um, then, of course, like I said, we have the motor side of things, right? So there's always a big question of why, right? So why is it that this child isn't able to consume these foods? Is it only when mom and dad are feeding them? Can they do that when they're at school oh. or when or when grandma and grandpa are feeding them, right? So is it something that uh, they are quite happy quite able to do when they're on vacation right so we we look we do a bit of a deep dive into you know why this is happening what are the circumstances and that helps us kind of narrow it down if your child is averse to rise 24 7 regardless of what shape or form right um you know then it's definitely something that is you know they that they can't palate for for a particular reasons. So we then have to look into: is it motor? Is it is it medical? Is it color? I just didn't like,
1: like it when I was younger. I don't know what it was. I just preferred bread. And if you gave me an option, I'm like cheeseburger, definitely. Mm, you know, okay. I just didn't like. I don't so, know what it was. You know. Yeah. So I just say you're blooming difficult, and I'm know, sorry for mom's your mom. Very difficult. Yeah. But <laughs> but talking mom. about moms and stuff, Katya. I mean, like, mm. what's the best way a parent can sort of be dealing with this issue with a mm. child who's who's obviously struggling? I mean, Mm -hmm. they're not just doing this just because they want to be difficult. Mm. Um, And what are the
0: no-nos as well? don't force them, right? <laughs> so do not be sitting there. And I've seen this happen where parents will like literally hold the child's face and stuff a spoon in their mouth oh with goodness. the food on it. And don't do uh, that, right? So do not force it because what you're doing is you are now creating an unhealthy relationship between the food and the child. The hate
1: bills, mm-hmm. I see. They
0: will, hate the, they will hate the food. They will hate eating, which is the worst and case And they might scenario. hate you right. even. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't do not force them. Right. So there are a couple of things that you can do. Of course, we first need to find out what's the root cause. So say if you have a child who doesn't have any medical or motor reasons for why they can't consume it, it's more either sensory or behavior or something in that realm. I would say just first thing you got to do is to increase their interaction with those foods without the expectation of consuming it right? So what I mean is get them involved in in food prepping, get them to be, get them to mm-hmm. play with food, mm-hmm. right? So come up with all these, and, and there's a lot of options on the internet you can copy, but come up with games and, and messy play and things like that, that involve these food items so, the, so that your child is able to interact with it without the expectation of consuming it. So it, if there's a fear there, if there's a phobia there, there's a knee kind of disgusting response to it, you're kind of getting ahead of it. It's kind and of getting so, them closer to the thing
1: that they hate. To sort of, exactly, okay.
0: exactly. So you kind of want to be able to increase their exposure, um, again, without the expectation of them consuming it. And then the other thing you can also do is to come up with um, fun ways of introducing those things into their diet in a form that they can palate. So things like smoothies and popsicles and pizzas and food items that they do like, but then kind of camouflaging the the items in it so that they kind yeah, of go, I, was oh, thinking, wow. I don't know, <laughs> I
1: don't know how the kids are gonna take a Brussels sprout smoothie though, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean one thing that you could do with Brussels sprouts is you could use it as a game and could cut them up and kind of have them make shapes or use it in sort of like arts and crafts where you can paint one half of it and kind of make them as stamps and things like that so you're using them in a playful way so the kids kind of interact with them more readily right Mm -hmm. Um, and then kind of taking it from there so increasing their interaction you know baking things like that are really good camouflaging how um, you know you consume them into more sort of enjoyable uh, forms and ways that they actually And that's like.
1: more for a nutritional standpoint, right? Because I used to sneak in carrots and beetroots and stuff into mm-hmm. chocolate cake because right. you can't mm-hmm.
0: see it mm-hmm. and
1: uh, for a nutritional standpoint. right? right okay. Mm-hmm.
0: The other thing you should also do is to also provide your child with options, right? So that way your child kind of understands like, mm, okay, so there is, and this is very helpful for kids where it's more behavioral because they need to kind of know that like, okay, so we're going to have dinner today and so you get to choose between two options. So you we either do this bowl of spaghetti right or we do you know this this plate of rice right so they can kind of choose between the two there's no option where I get to order McDonald's right there's no option where I get to have a oh, so cream it's not like, instead so
1: it's either Brussels sprouts or chocolate cake it's not that yeah. it's, it's yeah. closer oh, I, see, I see yeah
0: so it's you give your kid two options right and so that kind of helps them go that oh, okay there's really no way that I can kind of like figure out what I want instead that's really unhealthy right Um. so I think that you know that these are just some things that we do with kids to try to get them to be a little bit more open. But of mm. course, this is again contingent on them not having any medical or motor um, related issues right, right. that prevent that. Yeah. Right.
1: So earlier you said the big no no was don't force them. Mm. Um, but picky eaters and problem feeders, it, it can get to a point where it, it really is a huge issue. What yes. are the red flags that indicate help is needed?
0: Mm. if, for example, your child's diet is extremely limited to the point where they're missing out on very important nutrients and vitamins and things like that. So um, I was watching this episode of Super Nanny. One day YouTube was recommending it to me. And mm-hmm. there was this one child who only ate those cream cookies, you know, those cookies, the sandwich cookies with the cream filling. I, love the custard, I think they're called custard creams. Yeah. And he only ate that every day and he refused to eat anything else. And so the doctors were all raising the red flag about how his sugar was very high. Um, he was di- um, he was underneath the growth chart. Um, and so there were a lot of things that medically were a red flag. So I think that if your child is kind of leaning towards that side of things where they're not meeting weight milestones or they're underneath the growth chart, or for example, they're having a significant issues with like, even like I've had some cases where you see significant decay of their teeth because mm-hmm. of the food they're eating. Um, foods also um, influence speech development. So if your child, for example, is only eating soft foods and doesn't eat crunchy foods or chewy foods, that's caught, that's teaching your tongue how to manipulate and move and chew that impacts your speech. Right. So you will get kids, especially younger kids who are not acquiring language or not meeting language milestones because they're on a softer liquid diet, right? right. So if you're seeing children um, get impacted in that way, then absolutely probably get someone in to, to help, right? Um, and if your child is having you know, huge temper tantrums or huge outbursts uh, because they're not able to eat the foods that they want to eat, um, then that could be something that you might want to get support for as well.